From NPR and WNYC Live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York, this is Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, your host for a brand new hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Later in the show, we're going to sing about magical things you might believe in, test your foodie credentials, and hey, hey, our VIP comedian Julie Klausner will play a game about the monkeys. Here we come, walk down the street. And here's our risen house musician, Jonathan Colton, who's been working on monkey songs all week. All week long, about 12 hours a day. How are they coming along? Not very well. <laughs> And to help explain our games, keep score and offer the occasional hint, our resonant nerd expert and puzzle guru, Art Chung. Hey, Afira. Let's welcome our first two contestants, Meredith Heil and Matt Reagan. If you guys could travel in time, you have a time machine already, this is exciting, and you can travel to any period in history, any generation, where would you go, Meredith? Uh, let's say, uh, Prohibition. <laughs> I think I could start something crazy. I like that. You just want to go back where there was uh, less freedom. Yeah, I need, an, I need an obstacle. You like a challenge. I like a challenge. That's perfect. That's why I'm here. That's perfect. Matt? I think I'd try and go back and uh, keep my grandparents from meeting just to see if it does make everything blow up. Oh. You got self-esteem problems, Matt. <laughs> well, in this first game, you are going to follow the lead of the Missy Elliott chorus, flip it and reverse it. Because <laughs> if you listen very carefully to that song, it is about word games. Every answer is a famous title or phrase backwards. Puzzle guru Art Chung, do you have an example? I do, Afira. If we said it's a popular 90s sitcom about a sports writer who realizes his newfound appreciation for his wife, his parents, and even his ginormous brother, that would be Raymond loves everybody, or everybody loves Raymond backwards. Contestants ring in when you know the answer, and the winner will move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. George Clooney starred in this long-running television medical drama where doctors reply to each other's emails. Matt. R-E. R-E is correct. Oh, the episode when they reply all? (laughs) That was a 911. A golf course made entirely of breakfast food is the setting of this classic Dr. Seuss book, which stars Am I Sam? Meredith. Uh, Ham, green, and eggs? Wait, that doesn't make any sense at all. (laughs) Ham and eggs green. That's correct. There you go. Right now we have a tie. This Leonard Skinner hit song is a favorite among ornithophobes. Meredith. Alabama home sweet. (laughs) Am I screwing everything up? You're not screwing everything up. That's just wrong. But you didn't screw everything up. You're totally on the right track. Matt. Bird free. Bird free. That's right. In this classic arcade game, the player uses a joystick to divert funds from a misogynist political action committee. This is some high-concept stuff we're working on here. Meredith. Mario Super Pack? 
sounds like an awesome game, by the way. I like it. Uh, no, that is not what we're looking for in this case. Matt, classic arcade game. The player uses a joystick to divert funds of a misogynistic political action committee. Meredith, we can't have you answer no, again, sorry. but... Uh, Matt. Man Pack Miz. <laughs> we'll take Man Yeah, we'll take, we'll take it. Yes, Man Pack was what we were going with, but we'll take Miz as well, because you're right, it's misogynist. Right, exactly, I understand what you're saying. Yep. Right, the ghosts are the misogynists, which you would expect from Inky and Blinky, but Pinky, come on. In the last film of this Pixar trilogy, Woody and Buzz Lightyear ride the elevator to the top floor of Barbie's enormous dream house. Matt. Three-story toy. Three-story toy. And this is your final question. This reality show hosted by Heidi Klum follows a bunch of engineers building an airplane landing strip. (laughs) Meredith. Model top next America. (laughs) I think my brain's back. No, that's okay. That is... We're just looking, yes, that is a uh, reality show, but not with Heidi Klum. Matt for the steal? Nope, okay. Anyone out there? Runway Project! Runway Project! Where Heidi Klum, instead of Evita Sane, says Bon Voyage. I just thought of that. Yep, okay. Art, how did our contestants do? That was a bit of a tough game, but Matt's our winner. Matt, congratulations. You'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round. Meredith, thank you so much. I want to give Meredith a huge round of applause. Excellent contestants. And how about now we have a little Jonathan Colton. One day you're gonna have to face Deep, dark, truthful mirror And it's gonna tell you things that I still Love you too much to say The sky was just a purple bruise The ground was iron You fell all around the town Until you looked the same Same eyes, same lips Same laugh from your tongue trips Deep dark Dark truthful mirror Deep dark Deep dark truthful mirror Jonathan Colton Thank you I see your next two contestants Eric Cohen and Lily Rothman Have arrived at their puzzle podiums Nice to be here Happy to have you. Eric, you're a psychiatrist. I am indeed. Father. I am. Pop culture lover. Uh, that's what I'm told, and that's what I, I, I gather. Yeah. You gather? <laughs> yeah. Lily, you're a reporter that covers entertainment and pop culture. I am. Okay, so if I hired you each to give a workshop, teach me something based on your favorite expertise, Eric, what would you teach me? Oh, I don't know. Probably uh, uh, history of cartoons, uh, comic strips, that kind of stuff. American. American history of cartoons and comic strips. Comics, that kind oh, of stuff, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So you know, you know, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> That's awesome, Lily. 
Um, well, I'm really into the deep meaning of internet cats right now. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, there are layers, I take. Yes, there are many, many, layers. many layers. And, and uh, the deep meaning. Yeah, they're, they're people too. They're people <laughs> Technically, I think that is not true. <laughs> I love you guys. I can tell that already. I love you. All right, Jonathan Colton, what would we like to have these contestants do? Well, we're going to do a game now called TED Talks. <laughs> it's going to take a, about four days. Uh, uh, unlike the popular TED conference lectures, this game will not last 18 minutes, nor will you learn anything, nor will you help anyone on the planet Earth. We will give you a clue as it would be spoken by a famous talking TED... You name the famous Ted who would be the clue's speaker. So here's an example. I was the longtime host of the TV news program Nightline. And you would say, Ted Koppel. Here we go. I put the T in cable TVs, TBS, TCM, and the first T in TNT. <laughs> Lily. Ted Turner. Ted Turner is correct. People debate whether or not I wanted to be cryonically preserved after my death, but what's a fact is that I'm the last major leaguer to hit over 400 in one season. Eric. Ted Williams. Ted Williams. Number nine. I've never seen someone, Eric, punch a buzzer. You knew that from the first word of that clue. Number nine. Number nine, baby. Was it it the word cryonically that uh, set it off for you? Yeah, a sad ending. Sad ending. In my rock star days, I was known as the Motor City Madman. But since then, I became an outspoken conservative and authored the book Ted White and Blue. Lily. Ted Nugent. That's right. If you read, by the way, Ted Nugent's uh, Twitter feed, you find out that that guy has no confidence problems. <laughs> he's really he's, he's he's doing great. Yeah, he's yeah. really, he's special. <laughs> I had the honor of saying, sorry, we're closed. The last line ever spoken by a character on the sitcom, Cheers. Eric. Oh, uh, uh, Ted, uh, oh. Uh-huh. Ted, oh my goodness. Yeah, Ted. I just turned a blank. Can you be more specific? I'll try. Oh, I, I can remember. Lily, do you want to steal it? No idea. <laughs> oh. That's the worst thing you could have done to Eric just now. Uh, Audience, do you know who it is? Ted Danson, oh, that's Ted right. Ted Danson. Oh. Sam Malone. If cell phones were in Cheers, that would have ended after one season. Everything in the head was about misunderstandings and <laughs> answering machines. They just called machines. each other yeah. on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If they just called each other, yeah. everyone would have been together. It would have been fine. When I talk, my eyes and lips move, which is pretty impressive for a talking robotic bear from the 80s. Lily. Teddy Ruxpin. That's right. <laughs> Forget Sarah Palin, I was the longest-serving Republican in U.S. Senate history when I represented Alaska from 1968 until 2009. Lily. Ted Stevens. That's right. I like that you knew that, but not Ted Danson. That's <laughs> it's just all cat videos and Senate for you. This is your last clue. Appropriately, I played a character named Ted Baxter on the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Eric. Ted Knight. That's right. So, Art, that felt like a pretty close game. How'd we do? Uh, the person who knows her, Ted, is Lily. Lily, congratulations. Eric, 
supreme contestant. Thank you so much. Lily, you'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More Final Round. Our VIP, that's very important puzzler, is comedian Julie Klausner. She is a media ambassador for New York Magazine's culture website, Vulture.com, and host of the popular podcast, How Was Your Week? Stick around to hear Julie explain the joys of reality television. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another. Hey, thanks for listening to Ask Me Another. There are lots of other NPR podcasts, including great interviews, highlights from this week's news, storytelling, and entertainment. So browse them all on iTunes under podcasts. You're listening to Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg. Coming up, we'll see if you know your Kumamotos from your Paseos. Plus, we'll have comedian, culture maven, and podcaster extraordinaire Julie Klausner. But I think right now it's time to put Jonathan Colton to work. So let's welcome our next two contestants, Tracy Reese and Stuart Shuttler. (laughs) Wonderful to have you here. Stuart, you are from Canada. Yes. Making us basically from the same family. Pretty much. Sure. Uh, you're in Hamilton, is that yes, correct? Yes, that's right. Close Ex- to Toronto. Let me ask you this. What's the difference between a trekker and a trekkie? I would say trekkies are way more obsessed. Trekkers are like casual fans. And which one are you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about the new version of Star Trek? I liked it. I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly yeah. surprised. Yeah, I like you. You're very even-keeled Canadian. I like it. I like it. Tracy, are you a Star Trek fan of any? I was a crazy Trekkie when I was growing up. You were the obsessive kind. Yeah, yeah. I went to a convention in Salt Lake City even twice, so. Was that your favorite television show? Oh, no, that would have to be The X-Files. Oh, The X-Files. Oh, yeah, I see. I see what we've got (laughs) up here. Jonathan Colton, what are we doing to these people? Well, this... (laughs) With these people. Yeah, to them. Oh, I'm sorry, with them. (laughs) This game is based on the Love and Spoonful song, Do You Believe in Magic? We have rewritten the lyrics to be about supernatural or fictional things that some people believe in. So ring in when you know what that thing is. As always, the winner will move on to our Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. Do you believe in this thing? Cause you look awfully pale. Your teeth are all pointy, there's a bloody trail. Listen, buddy, stay away from my throat. Stake in my hand is something you should note. Tracy? Vampires. Vampires, that's right. <laughs> I like the singing, I'm not gonna lie. If you want to sing your answer, Stuart, that is mm-hmm. highly acceptable. I will. <laughs> Do you believe in this thing? How did you get here? Did you swing from a peak like a chandelier? Do you think? Doesn't sound absurd that you were given to your family by a giant bird. Yes, Tracy. Do you believe in stork babies? <laughs> just we would just accept stork. That's fine. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Some babies come from a stork and some from other places, I That's guess. That's right. <laughs> But I've actually never thought, what brings a stork its baby? That is a really intense question. Just a smaller stork, I think. (laughs) It's just a series of 
Storks within storks? Creepy. Yeah. Storks all the way down. Do you believe in these guys with the pots of gold? They could grant you three wishes in the days of old. Oh, look, these days, these little green-clad fellows are selling cereal with clover-shaped marshmallows. Leprechauns. Leprechauns is right. Leprechauns are not recession-proof. Do you understand me? <laughs> That's right. They're entitled. That's right. They're entitled to get whatever time. job they can get. Just hawking cereal. That's fine. I'm not going to judge them. Pots of gold are gone. That's right. There's no more gold. I'm glad that people don't get their news from this show. <laughs> Do you believe in this thing? Did you hear that sound? I can't get to sleep because someone's walking around. I can't see him. But I know he's here He's rattling his chains and stirring up some fear Stuart? Boogeyman Uh, I don't think boogeymen carry chains (laughs) (laughs) Mine did Yeah They do? Canadian ones I think do (laughs) Uh, I don't think we can accept that, sorry Tracy, do you want to steal? (laughs) I would love to steal I believe that's ghosts Ghosts, yes I'm so amazed that you were so sure that uh, boogeymen don't carry chains. (laughs) I don't want to undermine you. Do you believe in this thing? Did you know I would ask? Knowing what I'm thinking is no small task. Dionne Warwick and her net worth knew. If you paid by the minute, they were there for you. Stuart? Psychics. Psychics is right. Here's your final question. Do you believe in these things? Gentle, pure, and white. Renaissance tapestries, they reach their height. You could catch one, but only if you're a virgin. Or you could just create one with a horse and a surgeon. (laughs) Tracy. Unicorns. Unicorns, that's right. Please, nobody at home try to create a unicorn with a horse and a surgeon. That would not be right. Uh, I didn't know that thing about virgins. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, they, yeah, you can't be all sullied or whatever to get a unicorn. They're very picky. Unicorns are very picky. <laughs> They're very picky. <laughs> so, Art, that was the last clue. How'd we do over here? That was a close one, but I believe Tracy is our winner. Congratulations, Tracy. Stuart, our Canadian friend, give him a huge round of applause. Tracy, you'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round. You might not believe in vampires or unicorns, but if you believe you'd make a great contestant, let us know. Send us an email at askmeanother at npr.org or find us on Twitter or Facebook. We'll send you a quiz to see if you have all the answers. And remember, we believe in you. On stage right now, we have JoLynn Wilkos and Emma Schwartz. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi. I'm going to let you in on a secret. We put both of you in this particular game because you're both big cooks. You guys are into food. But do you consider yourself foodies? Emma? Embarrassingly, yes. That term is just, it's a little, it's a little played out. <laughs> it's a little played out? <laughs> We've gotten to that point in society where so. food, yeah. What's the new one? I don't know. Yeah, I know. We Hungry. Hungry. Just yeah. really ravenous. Uh, I, I don't think I'm a foodie because I will never put... A 
tangerine infusion where I could put bacon. Ah, bacon will always win. So I I think I'm a gourmand rather than a foodie. Bacon will always win was the name of my first one-person show. (laughs) So I'm with you. Our next game is called Foodie Can't Fail. Let's face it, we're all foodies now. Gone are the days when an avocado was considered exotic. For this next game, we're going to quiz your food knowledge. We're going to list various varieties of one type of food and ask you to name it. For example, if the clue was Honeycrisp, Gala, and Macintosh, you would say apples. Those would be types of apples. Let's do it. Yellowfin, Fingerling, Russet Burbank. Jolyn. Potato. Potato is correct. Here's your bonus potato-related question. (laughs) When Mr. Potato Head became a spokesbud for the American Cancer Society in 1987, he got rid of which of his add-on toy parts? Jolyn? Uh, his cigar? Uh... His cigarette? (laughs) His cigarillo? His cigarette holder? These are all good guesses. I have to go to the judge on this. I think we don't have an answer No, I don't think so. It was his pipe. We're looking for pipe. Ah. Koshi Hikari Mochi Arborio. Emma. Rice. Rice! Uh, The smartest rice in the world is Condoleezza rice. (laughs) Just read what's in front of me. I don't know. So can you spell Condoleezza? Jolyn? Condoleezza. C-O-N-D-O-L-E-E-Z-A. Condoleezza. No, I'm sorry. That is incorrect. No points for form? Emma? Uh, C-O-N-D-A-L-E-E-Z-A. No, that is is not right either. It's harder than you would think. I remember that it's hard, but I don't know what it is. There are two Zs in Condoleezza. Her mother. Audience is disgusted. Exactly. I don't think so. That's what the audience is saying. I don't think so. Can you spell the whole thing, Jonathan? Right. So it is spelled C O N D O L E E Z Z A. Naked Roy's Beach. Blue Point. Wellfleet. Emma. Oysters. That is correct. Jonathan Swift famously wrote He was a bold man that first ate an oyster. He also gave dining advice in his satirical essay, A Modest Proposal in which he suggested that rich people eat what? Emma? Money. (laughs) That is another fantastic answer. Yeah, I like that. It's a good idea. It is incorrect, however. Joe Lynn? I got nothing. Okay, audience? Babies! Babies, that's right, babies. Kishka and Dewey Braunschweiger. Jolyn. Sausage. Correct. In English, wiener means a politician who resigned due to a sexting scandal. (laughs) But in German, wiener means a person or thing from what city? Emma? Berlin? No, I'm sorry. Jolyn? Yeah. It's all I got, yeah. Yeah, that is not a German city. <laughs> Wiener. What if I say Wiener? What if I just keep saying Wiener over and over again? 
it's getting weirder. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll throw it out to the audience. Vienna. Vienna is right. Yeah. Wahoo. Mullet. Crappy. Emma. Fish. Fish is correct. According to Benjamin Franklin, aside from fish, what also begins to smell after three days? Emma, I cannot wait to hear your answer. Colonial America. (laughs) It's correct, but not the answer we're looking for. Jolyn? House guests. That's right, house guests. Sprints, double Gloucester, Cambozola. Jolyn. Cheese. Cheese. Correct. In the U.S., it is a custom to say cheese when your photo is being taken. In Korea, it is customary to say what fermented vegetable dish? Emma. Kimchi. Kimchi, that's right. Art, uh, where are we with this game here? We are actually at a tie. Oh, my goodness. Do you have a tiebreaker question for us? I have a tiebreaker. Walla Walla, Maui, Vidalia. Emma. Onion? Those are onions, and you are a winner. Jolyn, amazing job. So close. Emma, you will be moving on to our final round at the end of the show. to our next two contestants, Mike Bledger and Anna McEwen. Hi. Hi to both of you. Anna, you are an elementary school nurse. I am. Who is known as the singing nurse because you sing all the time? (laughs) Yeah. That's what they say. That's usually it. The, uh, at the hospital that I do more of the singing, but not so much at the school. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what are you singing? Um, are you singing like yeah, R&B? Or R&B, really? <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I picture you walking around singing R&B in a hospital. That is like very wonderful. Mike, you're a comedian and you host a podcast called Malignant Brain Humor, but you also sing, don't you? I do. What kind of stuff do you sing? R&B? Uh, mostly R&B in hospitals. Uh, <laughs> it's actually very awkward. Uh, I, I, yeah, I used to sing classic music. This next game is called iPlurals. It sounds like we're talking about multiple iPhones or iPads, but we're actually talking about irregular plurals. Our puzzle guru, Art Chung here, is going to give us a bit of an English lesson. What is an irregular plural, Art? Sure. Well, the plural forms of most English words are formed by just adding an S at the end. Some words change in different ways. For example, an accepted plural of octopus is octopi, ending in the letter I. I'm going to give you the clues to words that have a plural form that ends in I, spoken in the style of an Apple commercial. You tell us the irregular plural that fits the description. Contestants, are you ready? Maybe. I think so. Very good. (laughs) Penicillin, yeast, blue cheese, toadstools. Now you can get them all in one simple kingdom. We're breaking the mold again. Anna. Fungi. Fungi is correct. (laughs) 
Your classes, your required books, your assigned readings, your final exam dates, all in one place. Mike. Alumni. (laughs) (laughs) That is incorrect. I'm sorry, but I like the idea. Alumnus, alumni. Yes, Anna? Syllabi. Syllabi. There you go. Plenty of time, Mike. She deserved that one. She deserved them all, actually. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Plants. They need so much water and so much attention, but now there's plants that don't need much of either. And if you try, you might get pricked. You'll bleed with joy. Anna. Cacti. Cacti. There you go. (laughs) Mike, did you know that one? I I bet when she said it. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. I'm reading you a clue, a hint, a lead, a giveaway. Whatever it is, you can find extra words for it here. They're books, indexes, lexicons. Mike. The Sorai. The Sorai is correct. Ah! I didn't think I was right. (laughs) I've never seen someone more impressed with themselves. That was awesome. Well done. Uh. Joyful and happy. You are many, many shades of happy. So your economy is sluggish. Unemployment, inflation, recession. Well, we've got a few trillion ways to fix that. Some call them bailouts. We call them relief. Let's get growing again. Anna. Money eye. Money eye. Good guess. That's it. <laughs> Economy. Economy. Yeah. Incorrect as well. Well, let's see. Uh, anyone out there? Stimuli. Stimuli. Yeah. yeah, for you guys it's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liquids, we'll swallow that. Chewed food, we'll swallow that. We'll move it all down to your stomach internally. Mike. Esophagi. Esophagi is correct. I know. This is your last question. So you need a four-sided shape, and all the sides have to be equal lengths but they don't have to form right angles. Sound complicated? Not for us. Now that's a square deal. Anna. Rombi? Rombi! She knows her shapes. I feel like that was close. It was. Mike was a fun guy, but Anna takes that round. Thank you so much, Mike. Congratulations, Anna. You'll be moving on. Start asking me one more final round at the end of the show. Coming up, we'll talk to our VIP, Julie Klausner, about being a media ambassador to the world and find out what I can learn from a real housewife. Plus, we'll put her up to our monkeys challenge. That's coming right up on NPR's Ask Me Another.
Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of trivia, puzzles, and word games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me is comedian, podcaster, and author of the very funny memoir, I Don't Care About Your Band, Julie Klausner. Hi. Hello. Julie, you do so many things. You are everywhere. You I podcast. do so much and yet so little day to day. Yes. And you are the media ambassador is the official title for Vulture.com, yeah. which is a entertainment uh, pop culture website for New York Magazine. Yeah. What does a media ambassador do? Oh, I well, love the title. It's, it's very, a great, yeah. it's a cool, it's a cool title. I make um, weekly videos for them, like pop culture videos. And then also I go on uh, television when they need somebody to represent Vulture. So I get to be a talking head, which is pretty exciting. I love pop culture. I don't love everything. I'm not one of those people that sort of has to, whether they work at like TV Guide or EW and you kind of have to recap all of the shows. Like I, I don't care about The Voice. I don't really care about, um, there, there are a lot of scripted shows I could take or leave. But the stuff that I'm passionate about, I'm really passionate about. Okay, so what is, what's some of that stuff? Oh, Real Housewives. I really love, I really love Real Housewives. Um, it's like the, the, you know, comedy stuff that's like intentionally funny. Like I, I love uh, Nathan For You, that Comedy Central show. Which is just brilliant. Um, my friend Billy Eichner uh, has a show called Billy on the Street that I write for, and I, I even if I didn't write for it, I'd still love it. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I will admit that I have never watched an episode of Real Housewives. Why? So, yeah, well, I've, I, I don't know. I was, obviously everyone loves Real Housewives. All my friends love it, and I just don't watch it. And I, I since you know, sure. you, were, you were the savant. You are the Real house. What is what is so great about? It? Why should people watch? Um, there's a lot that's great about it, but mostly it has to do with seeing women who are over 20 on television, which is really <laughs> exciting. That's true. Yeah, it's really exciting to see women that are like perimenopausal and are not. <laughs> It's kind of the first time we've seen women who passed a certain age on television in a really long time in this culture. Um, beyond that, as far as what's fascinating about it, I mean, I really believe that this is the new soap opera, but it comes from it comes from a more like a place of veracity, which is to say that like women who watch these shows can see themselves in it, but they see themselves to this Telemundo-style degree. So someone will do something, and you'll be like, oh my God, I can't believe she did that, in a way that you're personally relating or you feel like you have stakes, even though you'd never do it to that extent. A lot of people think that they're bad for women, and I really don't think that's true at all. I actually think that the values it holds up are um, women being loyal to each other, uh, women being girls' girls, as opposed to talking behind people's back. So it's about friendship, basically. Yes, it is. It's about female friendship and the social dynamics of, uh, of female relationships, and I just can't get enough of it. And you also do a very popular podcast, How Was Your Week? Yeah. Good. I like that. And that is a labor of love. Like, why did yes. you decide? You do all these things, writing, you're writing on television, you on stage. Why a podcast? It's what so you, fun. Yeah. I mean, nothing's more fun than talking to yourself, right? <laughs> I mean, you talk to yourself in your apartment. To be completely honest, Pat Oswalt like dared me to do it on Twitter. He said very publicly, "Why doesn't Julie Klausner have a podcast?" And that was kind of humiliating. So I sort of took him up on his uh, on his offer. And and I'd already been thinking at the time, like, oh, what would it be? And um, I like having conversations with people, so it was something that I thought was a challenge. And um, throughout the week, I like I kind of uh, grab things that I think I want to talk about. Okay. So I keep like a like an email draft throughout the week, and I'll just like put like, oh, I want to talk about that. Um, 
Like I got my eye irrigated last week. Oh. Yeah, it was. You're gonna have to download the podcast for that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's uh, the, the first half hour is just sort of like a, a monologue, and then I do two interviews. Yes. Yeah. And when and you also do a live version of that. I do. Yeah. And when you so you have your fans. So when you're doing a podcast, obviously you interact with your fans through social media and what have you. And then when they all come to see you, are you ever surprised by a certain demographic that you're hitting? Or a certain kind of person that you're like, wow, that's... No, they're all very sexually attractive. Um, <laughs> they're all, uh, you know, just beautiful inside and out. And I'm always excited to see them. Honestly, straight men. I'm always, I'm always shocked when straight men like me. Yeah. No, oh. I'm serious. Not, not like, like me, like me. I mean, I know I have amazing breasts. But um, <laughs> I mean, like, whenever my humor reaches them and they appreciate me, I'm always kind of flattered. Totally. I totally understand. I, I sort it's of exciting. feel like, you know, th- th- this is changing for female comics. But, like, you're used to being appreciated consistently by fellow women and gay men. Uh, so whenever straight guys come around, you're like, yes. Totally. All right. Well, I can tell that you are the kind of woman who is up for any kind of challenge. Uh, I mean, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to assume that you are ready for the Ask Me Another variety. So I'll ask you, are you ready to have a Julie Klausner experience of Ask Me Another trivia? I I think I, yes. Very good. (laughs) Big round of applause for our VIP, Julie Klausner, everybody. Julie, you told us that you were a fan of the band The Monkees. Yes, very much so. Good. Who could blame you, of course? Only a fool. (laughs) They had their own television show in the 60s, exciting hit songs like I'm a Believer in the Last Train to Clarksville. In 1967, The Monkees outsold The Beatles and The Rolling Stones put together. Ridiculous. So we're going to see how well you know your monkeys. And if you get enough questions right, Sarah Lutz of Philadelphia is going to win a prize. Okay. Yeah, Sarah's going to win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Stakes are high. <laughs> we have Jonathan Colton here. He's going to help me out with this game. And Art Chung, our puzzle guru, is here. Jonathan Colton, why don't you uh, give Julie her first question? The Monkey's TV show was funny, quirky, and a little out there story-wise. Which of the following was not the plot to a Monkey's episode? A. A mad scientist pays the monkeys $200 to teach his monster rock and roll, then tries to put their musical talents into his monster's brain. B. That was definitely, that was with Richard Keel. That's definitely a story. Okay. What's the next one? You don't have to. <laughs> What's the next one? You don't have to decide now. But I know, it's, I know it's not that one. B. The monkeys are kidnapped by an Asian triad after Peter takes a fortune cookie containing the secret formula for a doomsday bug. Keep going. C. <laughs> Mermaids convince the monkeys to go to Atlantis to win a battle of the bands against dolphins. Jonathan Colton. Well, <laughs> come on. Come on. Not, yeah. The mermaids one is not true. <laughs> You're right. Not You're a right. real answer. And you are right to be disgusted with me. Too easy already. Come on. Too easy. Come on. When the Monkees started out, their songs were written by professional songwriters, famously Neil Diamond. Identify this song that was written by the husband and wife team Jerry Goffin and Carol King about living in suburban West Orange, New Jersey. See Mrs. Gray, she's proud. Pleasant Valley Sunday. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this one's tough. Okay, I'm ready. The Monkees broke up in 1970. Yep. I like that you're verifying our facts. That's awesome. <laughs> But they never went away with frequent reunion tours and even a comeback in the late 80s. 
Mike Nesmith was often a no-show, however, maybe because he didn't need the money, because his mother invented a common office supply product. Wait out. That is correct. <laughs> there, I thought I was being clever. No, nope. you're good. In 1988, the rap group Run DMC covered the monkey song Mary Mary, written by Michael Nesmith, but instead of asking Mary Mary, where are you going to, they changed it to what question? Why are you bugging? That's right. <laughs> Davy Jones was such a huge star in the 60s that a English singer who was born David... David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best round of all time, by the way. And if you didn't know that answer immediately, the question was, Davy Jones was such a huge star in the 1960s that an English singer who was born David Robert Jones felt like he had to take a stage name to avoid confusion. What did this famous musician change his name to? <laughs> Although I love thinking of David Bowie as Davy Jones. Well, they're it's both one of my sort favorite of things. androgynous in that, like, lesbian with a Joyce DeWitt hair kind of, like, <laughs> way. <laughs> They both would look amazing in high-waisted pants, like a blouse. <laughs> okay. Just, just feels foolish to keep going. But we will. All right, here is a musical clue. Complete the lyrics, if you can. <laughs> I could hide beneath the wing Of the bluebird as she sings Six o'clock alarm would never ring But six rings And I rise Wipe the sleep out of my eyes Shaving razors cold And it stings Cheer up sleepy jeans Oh what can it mean To a Daydream believer and a homecoming queen. Oh, a lovely voice as well. Yes. Do you know who wrote that song? A guy named John Stewart. Not the same John Stewart that you all love. <laughs> oh, I've, how did I know that an NPR crowd would watch The Daily Show? <laughs> I know, usually no crossover audience at all. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm not sure how you did. Let's find out. Uh, Archung? Telling it up, uh, I think Julie won. Yeah, I think she got every question right often before the question was finished. That means Sarah Lutz in Philadelphia wins a prize. Great. Lucky. Yay, Sarah. Thank you so much, Julie. How about a huge round of applause for our VIP, Julie Klausner. We also have a Rubik's Cube for you, Julie. Oh, thank this you. is an NPR Ask Me Another special edition Rubik's Amazing. Cube. Amazing. Thank you so much. I'd like to hear a little Jonathan Colton. How yeah, about that? That sounds good. This is a song I wrote. It is about a guy who is de-evolving into a monkey, and he is trying to explain it to his wife. Guess you've noticed that my arms don't fit in my old suits. I guess you've noticed that I'm eating lots. Of jungle fruits Anyway, more than I used to I used to be so tall and thin Now I'm 
I'm not exactly sure which phylum I'm in And I know there's a monkey in the future for you And there's nothing modern science can do Keeping the thumb, but I'm getting dumb I'm devolving, I'm devolving I am de-evolving <laughs> Jonathan Colton Thank you All right, this is the big moment. Now we're going to crown this week's grand champion. Let's bring back our winners from our earlier rounds. From Flip It and Reverse It, Matt Reagan. From TED Talks, Lily Rothman. From Do You Believe in Something, Tracy Reese. From Foodie Can't Fail, Emma Schwartz. And from iPlurals, Anna McEwen. I'm going to ask our puzzle guru, Art Chung, to take us out. Afira, this final round is called Academy Award Thesaurus. In this game, we're looking for the titles of films that have won the Academy Award for Best Picture. But we've used our trusty thesaurus to rewrite the titles, and you have to tell us the original name. So, for example, if I said The Monarch's Soliloquy, you would say The King's Speech. We're going to play the spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You'll only have a few seconds to give us the right answer, and the last person standing is our grand winner. Remember, these are all films that have won the Academy Award for Best Picture. We're going to start with Matt. Waltzes with Canines. Dances with Wolves. You got it. <laughs> Lily, Drizzle Guy. Rain Man. Rain Man is correct. <laughs> Tracy, The Caribou Killer. The Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter, you're right. <laughs> Emma, The Tone of Melodies. Sound of Music. You got it. Anna, a gorgeous intellect. Beautiful mind. Correct. We're back to Matt. The tenement. Three seconds. Do you have an answer? I don't. No, I'm sorry. Lily, the tenement? The apartment. You got it. That's right. Thank you, Matt, for playing. We're back to Tracy. Carriages of conflagration. Chariots of fire? Right. That's right. Emma, the bard in adoration. Three seconds. Goodwill hunting. <laughs> Close. Anna, do you know the answer to that question? The singer of mysteries. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, that's not a movie I've heard of. <laughs> Lily, do you know the answer? Shakespeare in love. That's right. <laughs> We're down to two players, Tracy and Lily. Tracy, Seinfeld's neighbor against Seinfeld's neighbor. <laughs> Kramer versus Kramer. You got it. <laughs> Lily, words of affection. Terms of endearment. Wow. <laughs> Getting to the tough ones. Tracy, enormous. Big. No, I'm sorry. Big is not a Best Picture winner. I'm sorry. <gasps> Lily, if you know the answer... You will be our champion. Three seconds. Giant? No, I'm sorry. No, Giant also did not win. The answer was Titanic, so Tracy, you're still in. <laughs> Tracy, your clue is unsteady. 
Rocky? Yes. <laughs> that was a tough one. Lily, customary folk. Ordinary people. You got it. We've got a couple more. Tracy, a small village. Hamlet? Yes. <laughs> Lily, marvelous Marriott. The Grand Hotel? Correct. All right. We're actually in a tiebreaker situation, so ring in when you know the answer. The painter. Lily. The artist. You got it. That was an amazing close match. A final round like no other. Huge hand for Tracy. And Lily, you are our Ask Me Another big winner. Congratulations. And your prize is our VIP Julie Klausner has agreed to be your own personal TV guide. You're going to tell her what your favorite shows are, and she's going to come with a personalized list of the shows you should be watching. Congratulations. So this is where we say goodbye or until next time, but you can be a puzzle player anytime. Just take us with you by downloading our podcast, or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Narc Thug. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Launch at Jot Noon. Additional puzzle writing by Kyle Beakley, Travis Larchuk, Karen Lurie, Josiah Madigan, and David Levinson-Wilk. Ask Me Another is produced by Jesse Baker, Josh Rogeson, John Asante, Eleanor Kagan, and Jess Miller. Along with Portia Robertson-Migas, Stirring Troop Amoebas, and Eric Newsom. We are recorded by Paul Ruest and Noriko Okabe. We'd like to thank the Bell House, Hot Heel Blues, our home in Brooklyn, New York, and our production partner, WNYC. I'm Herripe Begonias, Ophira Eisenberg, and this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, designer and potter Jonathan Adler will broaden our minds and our color palettes. Now, what is the difference between camel and chambage? Chambage is a little fizzier than camel. It's like camel <laughs> splash of champagne. And right. chambage. The terrible brunch drink, by the way. <laughs> Join me, Ophira Eisberg, on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. Hey, you're still listening? All right. There are lots of other NPR podcasts, including great interviews, highlights from this week's news, storytelling, and entertainment. So browse them all on iTunes under podcasts.